You're listening to Brave Not Perfect with Rashma Sajani, presented by Anchor and Girls Who Code. Hey, it's Rashma Sajani here. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Brave Not Perfect, a podcast featuring conversations with brave, not perfect changemakers. This week, I am so excited. I am talking with Lane Murdoch, a 15-year-old student at Richfield High School in Connecticut. She's the founder of the National School Walkout Movement. Lane grew up in a community just 20 minutes away from Sandy Hook Elementary School. Even though she was young at the time, she remembers that school shooting, and it's had an impact on her life. And that experience and waking up almost every single week and reading and seeing about another school shooting has inspired Lane to become an activist. All righty. Well, thanks so much for joining me. I know it's a super busy week with the march happening on on Saturday and all the planning for the National School Walkout. So before we get started, can you tell me your name and what you do for our listeners? Yeah, um, my name is Lane Burdock. I'm 15 and I founded and am directing the National School Walkout. So you're 15 and you're running a movement. What's that like? It's honestly quite the experience. I think it's interesting because, you know, this isn't really like the Lane movement. And so I really want to make sure that I represent, you know, every student in the country. But at the same time, I'm a teenager and I'm highly individualistic. So balancing the two has been very fun and uh, interesting. What do you mean by that, that you're highly individualistic? Well, um, I'm I'm really creative. I like music. So I dress, I'm really into fashion. So I think it's been a little bit, I don't want to say hard, but it's been, it's been fascinating trying to balance, I guess what you could call a public persona versus a personal one. Because you're so multidimensional and everyone expects you to be a certain way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that stressful? Yeah, I think it's, luckily that's the only uh, stressful part, like negative to all of this. Everything else has been going quite smoothly. The response has been great. I mean, I do get the casual hate comment, but other than that, I mean, everything has been wonderful. So you're an activist, you're 15, and you're like trying to balance school. Like, tell me what like a day in the life of Lane is like. Um, I usually wake up uh, a little too late for school. <laughs> um, but I'm sure your parents yes, love that. Um, yeah, uh, I rush to get ready and I usually check my email on the bus or during passing periods. And based on that, I kind of have, you know, what are interviews I have scheduled for that day and upcoming ones. And I kind of form uh, my day around those. I start tweeting. Um, I do all the Twitter for the National School Walkout. Um, and I, I make sure that I've, I've done what I would say for that day and start planning, you know, for, for future schedules. So you're tweeting throughout your classes? Yeah, so I take calls and tweet usually during passing periods and lunch. Some of my teachers have been really nice and will let me take calls uh, on like unscheduled ones if there's anything that comes up uh, in class. So that's been really nice. But it's definitely any free moment I'm doing something for National School Walkout. How did that issue inspire you? I knew I know you grew up 30 minutes, you know, from Newton. You experienced the Sandy Hook massacre, you know, um, in your lifetime, like how has that impacted like your understanding of gun violence in this issue? Well, I think it definitely, you know, growing up with something like that, it impacts you. I can't remember much from that age, but the fact that I remember seeing my mom's reaction and her crying, I think definitely speaks for itself. 
it, it makes you be raised with some fear in you. I think definitely since we've had lockdown drills since I was in first grade. So it's ingrained in you as a part of American culture. And I think that's how we become desensitized. It's something I've always grown up with. And as I get older and I start reflecting and looking at my world, realizing that I was numb was what really motivated me. Walk me through that moment, right? Where you said, I am going to organize a national school walkout. I was actually in school and we had had an announcement over the loudspeakers about it. And um, my principal, she was, you know, saying the announcement and she's and she was talking a lot about how it's on us to report, you know, suspicious behavior and it's on us to do this, this and this, which in many ways is true, but also frustrated me because I'm like, well, it's also on you to vote and to do all this other thing. So I was actually quite angry with how my administration was dealing with it. Um, and as I sat there frustrated, I started asking myself, you know, why, why am I mad and how, what can I do to change this emotion? And I was like trying to think of the different ways someone like me who doesn't have any kind of social standing can make a change. And that's when I thought of you know, change.org. And uh, I made my petition when I got home after talking it over a little bit with myself, if this is something that could really work. And I woke up the next day and saw how many signatures I had, and it's been a whirlwind. So literally just you and yourself, you're like, I'm writing this petition. You put it up, you go to bed, and you wake up, and like your whole life has changed. Yeah, I guess basically like that. That's amazing. So you wake up and you see the impact and how many people are vacuuming. That, what, what's next? What do you do next? Do you freak out? Are you like, oh, my God, do you go into a planning mode? Like what's going through your head? I, I, I started thinking about, you know, the Vietnam protests and I started thinking about, OK, I'm starting to have a bit of a platform. What now can I do with it? And, you know, change.org is great and you can send little updates to people who have signed your petition. And so I did that for a little while, but I was like, I need a website. I need somewhere I can communicate. So I made Twitter um, and kind of redirected people there. And that got even bigger. Soon followers were actually a bigger quantity than signatures. Um, And I, uh, I just, from there, I've just been working with graphic designers and people like that to now have my website and it just, things build on top of each other. You just have to keep up with it. So you're still, so are there any like friends, relatives, people in your life that you're leaning on right now? Or is it, is you like, did you form a crew? Like what, it, what, what was your community? Yeah. Um, it was a long weekend when I did this. So I luckily had a lot of time to work, you know, very early in the morning and very late at night. But um, I want to say on the third day when it was really getting big and I was like, okay, I need I need other hands on this. I need some help. (laughs) And I reached out to two seniors at my school, two senior boys who I wasn't actually friends with, but they are one of them was known for being notoriously good uh, in politics. Like if you ask him what state voted what color in 1956, he can tell you. And I was like, okay, that's a great person to have on my team. I also reached out to somebody who had been helping with student government and was known for being a hard worker, but also very social and good at making friends. So I'm like, okay, that's another great person. And that's kind of my team right now. That's amazing. What, so April 20th, coming up, right? You saw a huge school walkout on the one month anniversary of Parkland. The March is happening, you know, on Saturday. What, what are you expecting? 
for your walkout on the 20th? Like what, what would, what would, what does success look like to you? Honestly, right now we're in such a good place that if April 20th was tomorrow, I think we would have a huge impact. Um, right, right now we have, uh, a thousand six hundred something schools signed up. Um, so I, I know that we're good in that sense right now. Um, I guess success for, for me would be, you know, raising that number, getting more if I can. But also, I've been working on making sure, you know, there's stuff for people to do after April 20th, because this won't be solved on April 20th. This is definitely a marathon, not a sprint. That's a phrase I think a lot of student activists have been using. Um, and one that I, I think is really necessary for any kind of protest. So... Right now, me and my team, apart from just getting April 20th together, is starting to look at options for how we can extend this in the coming years. You know, I, I, the statement that's really moved me is like, we're living in a time where our leaders are behaving like children and our children are behaving like leaders. I mean, when you look at the adults in this world, like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to marginalize, but I, I think something that I have personally had a problem with with the older generation before this and definitely now is a couple things. I Number one, when I first started out and it was like day two of all this, people in the comment section were fighting for literally hours over why orange as our color. Like why orange and different like theories on why we shouldn't have orange or why we should. And I think things are like, like that or why we haven't had any change because adults focus on this nitty gritty stuff that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. And I, that's something that I've seen in my daily life. So I think that's something that politicians have a hard time with. Regular adults have a hard time with. They almost overanalyze and not in the right areas. Um, I think the second thing I've had, at least with politicians, and I've gotten to meet, you know, some of my local state politicians and stuff like that, is I think most adults have well intentions. You know, I don't think, well, not all of them, but I don't think everybody has, you know, uh, a bad agenda. (laughs) Not everyone. But I think as you get older and it's kind of the natural cycle of life, you tend to become more greedy because you are worried with, you know, where you'll be tomorrow. With kids, we know we have time. We have high school. We have a schedule that's built into our lives. So we're able to adapt and kind of become these leaders because we have the growth to. What advice you would you have for other teens, you know, who want to make a change? Like, what have you learned? What I've learned about this generation is we are, well, statistically, we're the most diverse generation there's ever been. And what I've learned is we are highly intelligent human beings. And I think due to social media, we've had this wonderful platform to privately cultivate a self, you know, to really explore what you like and what you don't like uh, because we have media at our fingertips. So I think my advice would be to young people, young girls, um, take that wonderful rebellion, individual, individualisticness that you have in the digital world, that very cultivated idealism and bring it into the real world because we all have wonderful ideas we express online. We all have wonderful quotes and art we talk about online, but we don't talk about it in real life. So I think anybody who wants to create change, the first step is just taking all those wonderful ideas you have and start putting them in motion in, in the real world. Would you ever run for office? 
I don't think so. Um, I, I think we need a lot more female politicians. Um, I think we are going to have a ton, especially in this generation. And I'm not going to close myself off to any opportunities, but right now, like I said, I'm a highly creative person and I have very, I like to think deep thoughts and ideas and plans and I'm never one for subtlety. And sometimes that's not the best in politics. I'm a very emotional person. So whatever job I do uh, happen to take in life, I want it to be something where I am making a change, but it's in my own creative way. Do you think that politics is still the best way to make a difference? Or there are other ways? Has this experience taught you that there's other ways? I think the problem with politics, and you talked a little bit about this, you know, with corruption and greed and fakeness, is I think any politician that becomes corrupt, when they took the job, I don't think they planned on becoming corrupt. Corruption is something that happens where, you know, I think you go in with the best intentions. If you look at any a dictator in life. I don't think they set out to be an evil person. They just kind of bought into their own idealism and became a horrible human being. Um, so I think for me, why politics either need to be number one, changed, or number two, you know, get a bunch of new individual people is because you can only be a politician for so long until you become corrupt. And I think that goes for any politician. So I think it's time for the new generation to come in. So I know you're going to D.C. this weekend. Are you looking forward to it? Oh, I'm so excited. I do a lot of this on social media, and so I don't actually get to meet people, you know, face to face. So I think finally seeing, you know, people in the streets and meeting them and hearing their stories verbally, I think is going to be wonderful. I think it's going to be monumental. It may so invigorating, right, to see all, all these people working so hard on this issue. Do you think things will change? You think people, government policymakers, finally get it together and have gun reform? I think it's going to take some time, but I think it can happen. I mean, you can't ignore us. Students are in every single home in the country, almost every single home. So you you really can't ignore us. We're everywhere. Um, it's going to take some time, but I don't think any of us are planning on giving up soon. Do you think you're brave? I, I haven't thought about it, but yes, I guess I would say I'm brave. But I think I think any human's brave. I think just going through day-to-day life, especially in this time period, you have to be brave. Um, regardless of your background, um, we all have different issues that plague us. And I think just to wake up every morning, you have to be a brave individual. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Brave Not Perfect. Got a question for me? Send us a note at bravenotperfectpodcast at gmail.com or call in directly via the Anchor app on your phone. Every week, I'll answer questions from listeners like you on topics ranging from women in politics, feminism, education policy, and diversity in tech to what it's like running a company or just being a mom. I want to hear from you. Send me your questions. Until next time, this has been an episode of Brave Not Perfect with me, Reshma Sajani. The podcast you just heard was recorded with Anchor. If you want to make your own, download the Android or iOS app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash podcast.